You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and joining me today to recap week three of Georgia's 2021 football spring practice, including the first scrimmage of the spring, is my co-host, Curtis. And as we have done for each of these spring practice recap episodes, I just want to start by putting out the disclaimer just one more time that hard information it's always difficult to come by, like even under the best circumstances when it comes to Georgia football practices. I mean, even in the best of times, because our beat writers out there have extremely limited access to practice. Usually it's the first 10 to 15 minutes of practice, which is usually just warm up. So it's not really anything that they can really give us much information on anyway with all those practice reports. But right now, Spring practice access is even more limited than normal, of course, with the ongoing pandemic. So the hard news right now, the hard news being reported, it has dried up to barely even a drip. But that doesn't mean that we don't hear things. We're not really getting a ton reported from the actual beat writers who cover the program because they're just not able to really have much access right now. But that doesn't mean we're not hearing some things out there, be it from leaks that make the rounds on social media or from a few of our own contacts around town here in Athens. Of course, that isn't perfect, and you are relying on other people's evaluations and interpretations when you do that, but it's better than nothing, right? And the fact is, that's really all we've got to go off of this spring, so we are going to go with it. But I am excited about today's episode because we finally have some good news to discuss this week, particularly some good news at the wide receiver position. To be frank, you guys know the first couple of weeks of spring practice have been just flat out depressing with the hit we have taken at wide receiver. Obviously, first with George Pickens' possibly season-ending ACL tear. We'll see how that works out. And then Jermaine Burton's hyperextended knee last week. And initially, we didn't know how bad that was. I thought he might be out for the year. Who knows? Fortunately, it looks like he'll just be out likely for the rest of the spring. But still, not great news. But this week, we did start to see things turn around a little bit. We started to hear some whispers that some of the other wide receivers on the roster – We're starting to impress, and that really kicked into high gear with Saturday's first scrimmage of the fall, where I was told both senior Demetrius Robertson and redshirt freshman Justin Robinson, what I was told was both 
quote, easily went over 100 yards. Now, I know different outlets have reported different things. I don't have any hard numbers based off what I was able to confirm people I talked to. I know somewhere I read is 120 yards for D-Rob, like 150-plus for, for Robinson. But I was just told they both easily went over 100 yards, so let's go with that. So, Kurt, let's start our conversation there with Demetrius Robertson and Justin Robinson. Starting with D-Rob, how much do you buy that D-Rob is finally going to put it all together and become a top target in 2021? Or is this just kind of like one of those fluke random spring scrimmage performances? I have some faith. I mean, realistically, this is without a doubt his last chance. Um, He has no, you know, he's out. He's out. He's used his not. Yeah. He's used his nine lives. Like this is his chance to make an impact to get ready for the pros. And the one thing that there's, he's never been questioned about is his speed because there, especially you saw it a lot with Jake Fromm where he could open and Fromm just couldn't throw a deep ball and hit him which hurt him. And at the same time, he was weak. So uh, JT's the type of quarterback that's going to throw someone open. And I think that's the one thing that I enjoy most about him is that he, he throws people open. And I think Demetrius Robertson's someone that could benefit the most from it. Cause you saw, I mean, he, he struggled in the, the bowl game, but for the most part, he threw a, a very catchable deep ball. And I think someone like Demetrius can benefit from that. And the fact is that as you have other guys coming on the scene, like Burton and um, Kiaris Jackson, there's not going to be as much attention on him. Like there's other deep threats where it's not just he's the only one going deep. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. That's that's the thing about D-Rob. Like we don't need D-Rob to be our number one guy. Even with George Pickens out, we have other options that I think are more likely to be a number one like alpha receiver. I don't know if D-Rob has that in him. Do you like do you ever see D-Rob being like that number one go-to elite wide receiver? Um, not my his is more like if you know, when I think of a number one guy, I think of someone like where George, if you threw it up, he, he was going to either get, you know, for the most part, get a penalty drawn or he was going to make a catch, you know. He, that can he, win when he's covered, right? Yeah, he can make the contested catch. Not D-Rob, to, to this point, has not shown me that ability. Yeah, and I, I don't want to say the guy can't do that, but you're exactly right. Based off what we've seen, we have no evidence to suggest that, that D-Rob is going to be that kind of guy. And also, you mentioned his speed. Yes, he has great home run speed. That's that's always been his greatest asset. That's been his top attribute. But there's like the, the, the smaller parts of playing that position where he hasn't been as strong. We know he's small. He's not as physical. And, and that can be that can be tough. It can be t- you can have a tough time getting on the field in Kirby Smart offense, even though he's not the coordinator. But in what in our, basically Kirby Smart's vision of our offense, you have to be able to go out there and block and be physical on, on the perimeter. And D-Rob has struggled with that at times. He's grown more and gotten stronger as time's gone on. But he's still not the biggest guy out there. But he does have that speed. He does pose a home run threat with a guy like JT Daniels, who's not perfect in his ability to throw the ball deep down the field, but he certainly gives us more of an edge there than any quarterback that we've had in the Kirby Smart era that's been a starting quarterback for us. I think that could potentially play to D-Rob's strengths more so, as you mentioned, the guy like Jay Fromm and obviously Stetson Bennett last year. So I think that factors into as well. And also just opportunity, right? When when you have yeah, George I mean, on. Yeah, exactly. It, it opens up an opportunity, especially right now in the spring when you're trying to develop these guys and see – who's going to take advantage of it. This is a chance for him to really get some, well, especially when not having a spring last year and didn't even really have a quarterback to work out with for the most part in the off season. Like he just, he just didn't have a lot of things at his disposal either. So, I mean, it, that was a hard developmental waste in spring. Yeah, everybody's growth is stunted to a degree last year. You're right. With COVID and not having a spring, basically not even being on campus until the, the early parts of the summer. But yeah, like I, I, I think that D-Rob with the opportunities here with no George Pickens 
in, in the equation right now. Jermaine Burton's out for at least a couple more weeks. There are opportunities for himself to, I don't want to say cement himself as a, a guy that's going to be a key part of the rotation, but certainly open some eyes and put himself in a good position going into fall camp here in a couple of months to really be able to crack the lineup more so than he has at any point in his career. Now, do I, again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Do I think that D-Rob's going to be our number one guy? He's going to have 50-plus catches, pushing 1,000 yards? No, I, I don't think that. But I do think D-Rob can certainly have a season this year where he's far more productive than he has been at any point. Again, part of that's opportunity. Part of it is that uh, what we're doing offensively from a smack standpoint, also with the quarterback situation, I think all that kind of meshes a little bit more with his skill set than what we've had in the past. Yeah, it's good. At the very least, it's good to hear that D-Rob had a good day. I mean, at any point in his career here, have we even heard these kind of whispers about him coming out of practice? No, not. I mean, this is a new thing, just hearing like excitement about him other than like when we got his commitment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and look, I, I will, you know, I'll beat myself up over this. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to throw you in this equation, but I'll speak for myself. You're like, I was one of those guys when he, when we first signed, I was like, oh man, this is, this is the guy we haven't had a, a top receiver in a while and this could be it. And I was completely a hundred percent wrong on that. It hasn't been a great fit. He's been a great teammate. Obviously he's been great in the locker room, but it hasn't been a great fit on the field. And we, we really have not heard even like whispers of this, like, like, I can't remember one scrimmage. It was like, oh, well, man, D-Rob, really impressed today. But we heard that. And, like, that's got to be something, right? It's got to be something. I, I, I don't want to make it out to be like that means he's going to be a, a star. I mean, but here's the one. thing, too. It's not, like, it's not like he had that much that, like, he had, like, these big strides that he had to make to make himself a receiver that can do something like this either. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. So, I, yeah, I just, like, again, I, I always caution people when talking about one spring scrimmage, one week of spring practice. Like, don't draw definitive conclusions. I'm trying to not do that myself. But, again, at, at the very least, it means something, that we're, we're hearing far more positive whispers coming out of camp right now about D-Rob than we have at really any point in his career, which I think is a good sign. At the very least, it's a good sign. We'll see how, it, uh, how things develop from here. But, at the very least, I think it's a positive sign. All right, let's move on here. Let's talk a little about the other guy I mentioned up top here, redshirt freshman Justin Robinson, who's a different kind of receiver than D-Rob. Robinson's a beer guy, 6'5", more of a, a – I don't want to – not exactly a carbon copy of George Pickens, but a, a body that gives him the profile to be able to do some things that, that maybe George Pickens excelled at. And this is a guy that we didn't even really discuss when breaking down, like, who could replace George? Because he really was a non-factor last season. We, we had some true freshmen at the receiver position make an impact, whether it was obviously Jermaine Burton, Marcus Rosemary, Jack St. before the injury. We saw Arian Smith towards the end of the year. But, man, we really didn't hear much about Justin Robinson. In fact, there were some whispers coming out, out of practice last year during the season that maybe he's going to consider a transfer. Obviously, that has not happened. And right now – um, you know, I was actually I was hearing really positive things about him when he enrolled early back in January of 2020, all the way up until the pandemic. You know, obviously we didn't have spring practice, but I was hearing some positive things about how he was working out and what he was doing behind the scenes. But then, of course, the pandemic shut the whole world down, and then he dealt with some nagging injuries throughout the season, which certainly was a, a source of frustration for him. But now I'm hearing a lot of those same things about him again this spring, and apparently. What I was told was he had the biggest day of any wide receiver on the team during Saturday's first scrimmage. So I guess a similar question, what we're talking about with D-Rob there, Curse, is it just one scrimmage or do you think Robinson can actually have a pretty big impact on this 2021 season? 
Um, I think that he could have a great impact. I think the biggest thing is the guy had all the physical tools that you could imagine. He was just a little stunted in the fact of where he went to high school in a system that didn't really throw the ball around that much that allowed him to develop, you know, a lot as a receiver where like when you get him out there, you see he's got, you know, the size, the strength. I mean, he's not the fastest guy, but I think he's susceptibly quick with the long strides. Um, someone that could probably block well on the edge. And he just needed to develop, you know, his fine skills as a receiver. And I think the more he does that, the more he gets out there, the, the chance the guy has to be successful when you give all the tools that he already has at his disposal. Yeah, that's a great point, man. And, like, I go back to my – I mean, you see different things, 6'4", 6'5", but he's a big physical receiver. 6'4", 220, 6'5", 220, whatever you want to say, he's right around in, in that range. And he, you're right, he has the physical tools. No, he's not a burner. He's different than guys like Jermaine Burton and Arian Smith. He's different than those kind of guys. But different doesn't mean bad, right? He doesn't make his, you know, he, he's not going to make his plays with just pure raw speed, but he's got plenty good enough speed. I think he has good body control. I think he can win at the top of the route. And you're right, Eagles Landing, where he played in high school, that's not like a pass-first offense where they're throwing the ball up and down the field. So, he just didn't get a chance to develop maybe as much in high school as he would have if he was at a different program that threw the ball more. Not saying about Eagle Lang is a really good program that they just don't really feature wide receivers, even a guy as good as Justin Robinson. And I was actually, I know he's only a three-star coming out of high school, but I was actually pretty high on him coming out of high school because in the limited opportunities he got to actually go catch the football, I really liked what I saw from a physical profile. His ability to go up and win the top route, win those contested 50-50 balls. And uh, you, again, you heard some of those positive things about him as an early enrollee prior to spring practice or prior to when spring practice was supposed to start in 2020 before COVID just destroyed everything. And, and then of course, you know, he doesn't really make an impact at all during the season uh, comes out later on that he was dealing with some injuries. Kirby's been open about that, but I think it's really positive right now to hear these things about him. I, I know the, like everyone right now is like, look, is focused on who can replace George Pickens. I think I, we said all along, I think the obvious thing there is probably Jermaine Burton. We know he's already started to learn the exposition uh, before the injury. But Curtis, do you think how, like, how much can Justin Robinson factor into that replacing George Pickens conversation? I think he's actually probably one of the big, you know, the bigger pieces that can factor in um, because he can do some of the more things that George can do being that physical receiver that can probably compete for a ball and take it away from someone else and be a um, red zone threat. To me, he's almost like a, a thicker version of Lawrence Cager. Um, I don't want to say a possession receiver, but like that sure handed guy that you kind of rely on. Yeah. I think he could be more than a possession receiver, but I think like with, with the, yeah, with I the think he's more the, like he's, he's, he's not the burner, like a Burton who's going to just, you know, take who can take the top off. I mean, Burton's not even the burner, but like Burton's explosive. Not, he's I, got I don't think speed, he's yeah. that. But I think, yeah, but I think he's around Lawrence Cagers, who I would put, you know, compare him to. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a good that's a good comp there. I think it really is. And I mean, think about like George could do. Like I know George and Cager were not obviously carbon copies of each other, but even back in 2019, they did a lot of the same things, right? They both those guys excelled at winning the 50-50 contested ball. Like, like George, as good as George is, and I know we've talked a lot about George Pickens over the past week or two since the injury, but George Pickens was, has, is not a burner either. That's not his game. Uh, George has a has had a very limited route tree, but he just excels at, at those 50-50 contested balls and poses a threat every single snap because of his ability to go win those plays and be a vertical threat in that regard. And, and I guess my, my thing with like replacing George has all has been over the past couple of weeks. It's like, I don't know if we had anyone, 
that can do exactly what George does and make an impact the way George did. But like Jermaine Burton, Arian Smith, I think those guys can be impact guys that can certainly dictate coverage, but they're going to do it a different way than George did. But I do think that if there's anyone on the roster right now that can dictate coverage the way that George Pickens did, it would be Justin Robinson. Now, do I think Justin Robinson is as talented as George? No, I, I certainly do not. We haven't seen any evidence that whatsoever. I think Justin can be a really good receiver and can give us what George gave us to at least some degree, like especially in the red zone areas, being able to go up and win those contested balls, you, those jump ball situations. And just like you said, being a guy that when you need a catch, need a tough contested catch, can go make that play for us. So I was really excited to hear that he's having not just, and it wasn't just the scrimmage. Like it wasn't like that came out of nowhere. There's been some some whispers coming out of camp for the past week or so that Robinson's really starting to to make a move. The lights come on a little bit, and that certainly kind of culminated with Saturday's scrimmage. And we'll see if he can continue. Like, he's a young guy. Young guys can be up and down. So I, I'm not saying that he's ready to just be doing this every single scrimmage, every single practice. But kind of like with D Rob, it's really positive to start hearing these things about Justin Robinson because against our defense, I don't care who's out back there in the secondary. You don't just luck into 150-plus yards receiving, if that's indeed how that went down. You don't just luck into that. You've got to be able to do some things. So I'm very excited to see what he can do moving forward. And I, I mean, he's – I have this whole list of, like, people that I want to, like, really zero in on during G-Day, and he's certainly moving up that list right now. I'm excited about what he can be able to do for us. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. During this 2021 season. All right, let's stick with the wide receivers for one more segment here, Curtis. We've also been hearing a lot of positive buzz about true freshman wide receiver Adonai Mitchell. And he's another guy who apparently made some plays in the scrimmage last weekend. I was not told he had like a hundred yard afternoon like D Rob and and uh, Justin Robinson, but I was told he made some some plays and he's certainly been making plays the past couple of weeks in practice, especially since George Pickens went down. So how likely do you think it is that Mitchell continues to impress and becomes a major contributor in 2021? Um, I mean, I would say unlikely, but you just don't know. I mean, at this point in time, like I knew we were going to have to rely on Burton, but I didn't think he would become the contributor that he ultimately did for us. So I don't know. I would say unlikely, but. It's really tough to say without having seen him take one snap in college football. Like it's, it's tough to say about a lot of these guys. Like we're going to talk about, um, if we have some time here, we might talk about Brock Bowers, talking about Adonai Mitchell here, even like a guy like uh, Justin Robinson. We haven't really seen these guys play the college level. So it's really tough to say we're basing this off what we've heard from other people and, Sometimes that can be insightful. Sometimes it can lead you in the wrong direction. That's all we have to work off of right now. 
I'll say this about Mitchell. He's a very intriguing prospect for me. I, I liked him coming out of high school, but the thing was all we had to work off of was his film for back in 2019. I don't know how many of you are familiar with his recruiting situation. He did not play high school football last year. He basically uh, he graduated in 2019, did not play high school football last year, and also did not enroll in college last year. He decided to spend all of last year working out, improving his game, getting better, so that when he did enroll in college, that he would have a chance, a better chance, to go out there and make an impact as a true freshman. So he's actually older than your average early enrollee true freshman. And it's tough to do because I the, the tape that I've seen on him is two years old. So and and to me, like there's a lot, especially if you spend an entire year working out, I guess it's a year and a half old. I don't know what his body looks like right now. I don't know how his skill set has improved. I was impressed with what I saw from him back in 2019. I mean, he was a three-star prospect, and I thought he was like, I was like, you know what? I mean, this guy, I, I think he has the skill set. I'm, I'm not saying he's like the, the top 100 guy, but I thought he could be a four-star prospect. I thought he was a little, a little undervalued. Uh, I think he he's a guy that that has really good body control in the air. He glides around. He's not like a home run speed type guy either. But, and you were talking about how Justin Robinson might be the closest thing that we have to be able to do what George Pickens did for us. I think Mitchell, like again, it's the thing without having seen him play a stab in college ball. So I just take it for what it's worth. But again, going back to like what I saw from back in 2019, his last year of high school football, his body control, his ability to win contested catches, to win the top of the route, I think he can do some things that are similar to George Pickens. Now, I certainly am not calling him George Pickens because again, I've not seen him play one snap. And there's such a gap between the last time he played any games of football and where we are right now. So it's just really tough to predict, but I will say I've heard from more than a couple people, more than a couple that this guy is making waves. Like he's really, really opening eyes right now. And the thought right now is that he's going to make an impact. Now, how much of an impact? I don't know what that means because you still have guys like Jermaine Burton, who's going to be back healthy. You still have Arian Smith, who I know sprained his wrist, but he's going to be fine. He's still obviously going to be a major contributor. You still have, Kiaris Jackson. You, we've just talked about D-Rob and Justin Robinson. Now we're talking about Adnan Mitchell. All these guys can't play sniffing snaps, right, Kurt? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, like we're hearing all these great things. And that's the other thing about spring, too, is like rarely do you hear bad things. Rarely do you hear, I mean, this guy is just terrible, man. You don't really hear that. It's like hope springs eternal. So you've got to be very cognizant of that and very careful in like what you choose to buy into and what you choose to kind of just like take with a grain of salt. But I, I mean, again, I just I've heard a couple of different times from different people that Adonai Mitchell is, is doing really good things right now during spring camp. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna like press the pause button on Mitchell. I'm gonna be watching very closely once G Day gets here. I'm gonna be like putting my ear to the ground, trying to trying to hear as many things as I can about what's going on in spring practice, especially leading into fall camp here in a couple months. So I, I'm not ready to go on and buy him yet, but like people I trust are telling me that this guy is doing good things. So I don't know. I'm in a wait and see mode right now with him, but I'm certainly not like counting him out as a guy that can be. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can say significant, but, but be a guy that can make an impact on this team, this offense in 2021. All right, another offensive player that seems to be making some serious strides this spring is running back Kendall Milton. We know he dealt with an injury late last season. He actually had a hyperextended knee of his own late last season that kind of derailed him after he got off to a pretty nice start as a true freshman. And I was told he broke off a couple of big runs in Saturday's scrimmage. We all know that Zamir White will almost certainly be the starter going into the season. Is that fair to say, Kurt? Like, like Zamir's almost certainly going to be that guy to start the season, right? 
I mean, yeah, he'll be the guy to start. Yeah, like, I mean, that's all. I, I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion, but I mean, it's about as close as it gets, as far as I'm concerned. And then we know James Cook's going to have his role as well. But how much do you think Kendall Milton will be able to eat into Zeus's snaps in 2021? I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I think he should get more carries than Zeus. Um, from what I was hearing in the scrimmages, once again, what has plagued Zeus his entire career is his vision is just not great. And I think that's yeah. the one part where Kendall Milton separates himself from Zamir White. I think that's a, a big aspect of what separates him. I think that Kendall Milton has better feet than Zamir. I don't know if he has better speed because Kendall Milton is not. I mean, Kendall, he probably runs like in the four six, high four five, four six range, which is for a guy his size, that's fine. You can, you can but run you that look range. At, you look at Derrick Henry, you don't have to run a four three. No, you don't have to at all. Uh, but what you have to have, to, and I've always said speed's great. Speed's great in a running back. But that's more of a luxury to me. What's far more important to me is your feet. How well do you move laterally? How quick are your feet? How well can you shuffle into a hole when that when that sliver opens up? And Kendall Milton has showcased that to me. I know his limited carries last season, but I saw enough to be like, yeah, okay. That kind of confirms what I saw from this guy at the high school level. He dropped. He was still like a – you know, he's still a high four-star recruit, but for a while he was a five-star guy. And when his 40 times started to come out, some of those camps, that's when some of these recruiting evaluators started to, started to drop. And I, I'm like, that's fine. Drop him if you want. But if you're dropping him base off 40 times, like that's ridiculous, man, because everything else this guy does is elite. He's got elite footwork. He's got elite contact balance, all those things. I think he's got really good vision as well. I want to see more of him. But I, I also say this too, like don't you think, Curtis, that – he now the, that he's getting more opportunities with with Kenny McIntosh out, don't you think that's also helping him that he's going to be able to grow and develop more as he's getting more carries? Yeah, I mentioned it that when uh, Kenny McIntosh went down, I thought that he was actually going to be um, that it was going to hurt him when it came to Kendall Milton because this guy, I think he's one of our better running backs, and you're giving him a lot more opportunities to showcase his ability and get more comfortable in the system. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and I've been pretty open saying I think as a total package that Kenny McIntosh was our best back last season. I would like to see him. I don't know. If, I, and I don't really care who starts. I care about who ends up getting the most carries. And I wanted to see him get a lot more carries. But the thing was, I didn't think there was much of a, of a, of a gap, much separation at all between Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton. Different backs to be sure, but in terms of their production – and what I saw from him, I didn't think there was much separation at all there. And you're right. I wanted both those guys to start eating more into Zamir's carries. Look, I love Zeus. We all love Zeus. And he's a really good running back in his own right. But I just, I mean, I, I just have this sneaking feeling. And I know, again, I know it's limited snaps that we're talking about here. That Kendall Milton and even Kenny McIntosh potentially have higher ceilings than Zamir White based off what I've seen to this point. And I don't mean that as a knock on Zeus necessarily. I just mean it to say like I think I think really highly of both those guys. You're right. I think now that he's getting more carries with McIntosh out and the separation was so thin between them as it was, he might be taking a step ahead of Kenny McIntosh in the pecking order right now and eating more into Zamir White snaps. Now, so it's obviously still very early. We have the rest of fall camp, our spring camp to go. We have all of fall camp, all of that. But you know, it's when you hear these things about Kendall Milton coming out of camp, and again, we haven't seen him, you know, since last season, so that. Bears mentioning we won't see him until G-Day. But based off what we saw last year, and you're starting to hear that he's making more progress, starting to make more plays, and biting off chunk plays in the running game, that just leads you to believe that he can really start to eat into some of those carries in 2021. Obviously, that remains to be seen, but it would not surprise me at all. 
at all. All right, we don't want to forget about the defense. Obviously, with the departures of guys like Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell, Tyree Stevenson, Mark Webb, you name it. If you played cornerback or star, you're basically gone from last season. So obviously, a lot of focus this spring has been on the cornerback and star positions. Now, what I've got coming out of camp, and Curtis, this might be different from what you've heard, but what I've got from talking to a couple people is that Jalen Kimber and Amir Speed have been the two most consistent options at cornerback through the first couple of weeks. Different guys. We've had a lot of guys get some work there. They've all had their moments, but those seem to be the two names I'm here most consistently. But Curtis, how likely is that to remain the case once September rolls around? Um, I don't see it being likely to be the case at all. Um, people have to remember that Keely Ringo is being limited to a degree. Um, they're trying not to rush him back. They're trying not to ag- aggravate that injury. Do what they're just trying to prevent, keep him bubble wrapped because I mean, they know we're so a big deal, guys. That's that's a, that's a serious surgery. Yeah, so they're trying to protect him as much so that he's more ready to go come fall. Um, and that's why I don't think that because. From you hear inconsistent things where he's not that Ringo's not even doing contact. Some say like you don't really know, but the fact of the matter is, I think when it comes September, he's going to be. It, the question is, who's going to be opposite of him? Yeah, and you also have to remember, guys. He's like what nine or ten practices into his college career. I mean, this guy. Yeah, he was in meetings last year, but with the with the shoulder surgery, the labrum surgery, the very first college snaps he's taken in practice have been this spring. So Jalen Kimber, like I know they're both true freshmen last year, but Jalen Kimber got all those reps. Okay. I, I, and I think, I think Jalen Kimber can be a really good DB. I'm not saying that like he can't be a starter this year. I'm not saying that at all. I think he's got incredible athleticism. He's very, very fast. He's a little bit on the thin side, but again, I haven't seen his body this year. I don't know how much he's grown, how much he's developed in his body over the past couple months, but you know, he got all those snaps. And so it, it makes sense right now that he is ahead of Keely Ringo at this point in fall camp. I think that just makes complete sense. I still would maintain that Keely Ringo has far more upside than Jalen Kimber, just from a physical standpoint, from an athletic profile. Kimber's got plenty of athleticism in his own right, but I mean, Keely Ringo is, is, is a, at a different level from that standpoint. But he's just behind right now. I mean, he's two and a half, three weeks into his into his college career in terms of actually practicing and taking reps on the field. So I, I'm not alarmed by that. I know that some people, um, some of my buddies, when, you know, when they're hearing those things, like, oh, my God, like he's, like he's not going to be a bust. He's like, oh, no, like that, we're not even close to that. Calm down. You're right, he's still recovering from surgery. It's just getting started in his college career. He's going to be fine. And honestly, I, I at this point, I'm still not counting him out to be one of our starters when the season actually rolls around in September. He's got a lot, there's a lot of time between now and then, a lot of practice reps that he's going to take. But it is nice to also hear that Jalen Kimber is doing good things. It's good to hear that Amir Speed is doing good things. He's a guy, like, isn't he kind of a guy you root for, Curtis? Yeah, you could see it very easily. I mean, just the fact that he's stuck around this in this era of the transfer portal. He's stuck around. He's gone through the adversity without playing much, and he's been a special teams ace force, bought in there, and now he's getting a chance. And look, I don't know. When, this, when September rolls around, when we play Clemson, hopefully week one in Charlotte, maybe Amir Speed is not going to be a starter. I don't know how that's going to work out, but it's I'm really happy for him right now to hear and, and happy for the program that he is playing well enough to where he has been consistent and kind of been in that role the first couple of weeks of spring practice. So it was good for him. Really excited for him. And, and I hope that he has a big senior year because that'd be great for our program too. We just need options there. There's, there's no doubt. We just need guys that can that can play. I don't care who it is, but we need guys that can that can hold down the four at the cornerback position. 
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. And then there was also big news off the field on the defensive side of the ball, sticking with the cornerback position first, as the dogs were able to land DB transfer Tyke Smith from West Virginia. We've had a lot of questions this offseason. Seemingly, we get one or two every week about, is Georgia going to go out and find a grad transfer? And so this is the second grad, not grad transfer, but it's a transfer DB. It's actually the second DB transfer from West Virginia this season. And we ended up landing Tyke Smith. So how big is it for us to land a guy like Tyke Smith, Curtis? Um, I think it's really important. The one thing that stands out to me the most is uh, the one stat that he was not penalized once in pass coverage. And I think that's, that's huge. Yeah, and to me, that that was the biggest attribute that I wanted about him. Because even when you look at it, especially in our safeties, you, all you really, I mean, Chris Smith got some experience, yes. But Lewis Seen has been the more consistent one since the bowl game of last year where he stepped in for uh, J.R. Reed. And we all know how he loves to hit and he's a thumper, but he can potentially be a liability in pass coverage. And I think that that's the difference with Smith coming in is he brings a little bit more stability in the pass coverage and the back end that we don't exactly have right now. Yeah, I guess I got some more numbers to add on what you brought there. I love that number. The fact they had zero penalties last year. I mean, think about guys. I mean, I think that guy was flagged every time a ball was. Near. Oh my God. Stevenson. Stokes, I mean, think about the Alabama game, Kurt, right? Uh, Tyson Campbell, plenty of times got called for PI, right? Or holding or whatever it is. And like, if that happens, when you play DB, that stuff's going to happen. I don't want to like kill those guys for that. But penalties can kill you. And when you have a, when you bring in a guy that had zero penalties and played as much as he did last season, that's, that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> I mean, that, that is an underrated stat. So I'm glad you brought to the table. Here's a couple other numbers from Pro Football Focus. His overall grade last year was 83.2. You mentioned how good he was in coverage, a 90 grade in coverage last year, only allowed 110 yards receiving last season. Um, quarterbacks only managed a 56.3 passer rating against him. All those numbers, like that's maybe not elite, but like that's pushing elite. And that, those are some really high level numbers. He was AP third team All American last year. He played primarily the spear position from what I'm doing my research here. The spear position for West Virginia. If you go back and watch the tape, which is basically their version of our star. So, Kurt, do you think he is going to translate more as a star next year, a safety, a corner? Where do you see him landing? Oh, he'll definitely be the back end more towards the safety or the star position. I think that's where he's going to be yeah. settled. I think he's a star. I, I think we feel pretty good about who we have in the back end. I mean, Scene's got that spot. I, I really liked what I saw from Chris Smith towards the end of last season. I think Kirby trusts him. I think those are going to be our starters at safety. Not anything can happen, but if I had to, had to project right now, that's who I would say be our starters at safety. I think Tyke Smith comes in right away, and I, I, look, we're, Kirby makes everyone earn. You can't just give him the job right away. But I think he has to be the favorite to be our <laughs> our starter at star right now. Are you with me there? Am I getting a little too far ahead of myself? 
Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate for Latavius Brady, but he does not bring the stuff in pass coverage that Tyke Smith does. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's my concern with Brady. I think Brady did some really good things against the run. I, I thought he did some good things when when they when teams were throwing, especially Cincinnati throwing some screens. He was aggressive. He took on those blocks well. He played the technique perfectly. But we didn't see him a ton in pass coverage, and I've been pretty open. To, like my concern is like, is he going to be able to, to consistently hold up against some of those quicker, shiftier slot receivers? I don't know the answer to that. I have my concerns there. And at the very least, Tyke Smith gives me a more of a comfort level there. If you look at some of his numbers from last year, he, he's not he's obviously not as big as Latavius Green. He gives him about 5'10", about 200 pounds. But he has that ability to play the star position where he can certainly cover in space effectively. We see those with those numbers on a lot of 110 yards receiving, 56.3 pass rating against last year, zero penalties in pass coverage, which is incre- that's just an incredible stat to me. Um, so we've seen that. And also he has the ability to – support against the run as well and to fit against the run and i think it was uh one of our twitter uh followers one of our listeners i think it was rational exuberance who does a great job kind of breaking down the x's and o's of the game they really enjoy our conversations online I need to get back to him actually i've been busy this past week and haven't gotten back to him on twitter but he he made a great point i just want to give him some props here and I think what he said essentially amounted to like he would make an argument that the star position might be the most important position on the defense side of the ball in modern football. And I might actually agree with that because and I've, I've talked about this many times over the past couple of months, like hybrid players on offense have become all the rage offensively. That's one of the things that offenses have done to really make it tough on defenses. So what and I've said this so many times, I know, but what do you have to do? To match up with that is you have to have hybrid defensive players that can do more than one thing, that can fill more than one role, that can cover, it can rush and pass, it can cover, it can support against the run. And the star position has become integral to what teams do defending, defending those spread offenses. I mean, I know we, we still talk about like the base three, four, like where you have your three down linemen, you have your two inside linebackers and two outside linebackers. Like we just hardly ever play that. I mean, our base, like we need to change our terminology. Our base defense has basically become our nickel package. And getting that DB on the field that can most support against the run and cover effectively in space, that guy – and those guys are hard to find that have the body type and the skill set to be able to do that. That's why losing a guy like Tyreek Stevenson, as, as inconsistent as he was last season, he had the, the profile and the skill set to be able to do that. Now, he had a lot of room to grow and develop, but that body type and that skill set, it's rare, all right? You're kind of like a unicorn of sorts to be able to do the, those kind of things. And I think Ty Smith, based off what I, a very limited amount of what I've seen from him, but what I've seen from him so far, you look at some of the numbers, I think he has that ability. I think he can be a key part to what we're going to do defensively next year. And I don't want to just give him the starting job. You get Latavius Brini's in there. You got William Poole's going to be in there. I mean, there's other options there. But I think he, I, I think I feel comfortable saying right now that he's the front runner to be the, the starting star week one against Clemson. I, I would put that out there right now. So, but that brings us to 83 scholarships right now, Chris. Okay, we're at 82. Getting Smith brings us to 83. Do you foresee us? trying to bring any more transfers between now and the start of the season. Um, Yeah, because especially say someone like Brini may be ready to hit the road after you know you just brought in a third-team All-American like you're, yeah. or even a William Poole, like, do I stay? Yeah, some of these guys, I don't want to say they're fringe players, but guys maybe stuck around to see, okay, this might be my, my last hurrah. Let me see if I can make a dent in – the depth chart now, or like, you know, if it doesn't work out in the spring, maybe they start to move up. You usually see some attrition after spring. So maybe one of those guys, but let's say that everybody, like we don't lose anybody. Do we still want to bring somebody else? Like maybe a guy like Darian Kendrick, the transfer from Clemson. I would like to, especially on the uh, cornerbacks. I mean, in the secondary. Yes. 
do you overlook some of the potential legal issues that Darian Kendrick might um, be facing right now? I think it was a gun charge potentially. Um, I do just because the fact is if you don't, someone else may, and that could be the difference. I mean, I'm always very careful that you've got to be very careful with the guys. You're I mean, you have to do your diligence. You have to do diligence and things like that. But if you just also can't handicap your, with your self-righteousness, self-righteousness to a degree. I, I am in total agreement there. I, I agree with what you said. Like, you have to do your homework. You have to do a deep dive in, uh, into this guy's background. If he wants to come here, we don't even know if Darian Kendrick wants to come here, but we still need some bodies at cornerback. We need as many options as we can get right now. We have two scholarships. So I think he's a guy worth looking at. I don't have all the information. I don't know what kind of a person he is behind the scenes. I don't know that. Uh, all I know is that he's facing some legal issues right now, potentially some marijuana charges, gun issues. I mean, marijuana charges, whatever. Uh, but the gun charges, now that's a little bit more concerning for me. But do your homework. Do Like you said, do your due diligence. And I'm talking do a deep dive and be very careful about the kind of people you bring in the program. But if, if, if you do that deep dive and you get some good reviews coming back and there's a good kid who just made a mistake, then okay, bring him in. Because I think he's a guy that can, he's got experience power five level and at a high level at Clemson plays some big time games and can certainly be a guy that can help us at least push guys, make them better at the very least. And when you got room, if you feel good about the person, when you do your due diligence, I think you do bring him in. Uh, what about at the receiver position first? Do you feel like based off what we've heard the past week or so with some of these guys starting to impress that receiver that we're looking at trying to replace some of the guys we're losing to injury. Do you feel good with where we are receiver or would you be more in favor of us going out there looking for some more help at receiver? Um, I mean, I'd be in favor, but you just can't take a body to have a body. Like, they have to be worth it. Totally agree. Do not take a body to take a body. You have to if, – if you go in the grad transfer – it doesn't have to be grad transfer, but if you go the transfer route, you have to bring in a guy right now that you think can contribute right away. And it might not happen. Like, but you, you don't just throw a scholarship to – just throw a scholarship out there. Make sure it's the right fit from a personality standpoint, like we mentioned Darren Kendrick, and make sure it's a guy that you think can contribute. And right now, I don't know who those guys are at receiver and, and there might be some guys that are not in the portal right now that might end up in the portal after spring practice is all said and done that we think might be able to come and help us right now though i just don't know like are there any names that come to mind at the top of your head curtis at receiver uh not really there's some guys like, there were some guys like wayne robinson from uh nebraska but th- those guys have all they found spots elsewhere so i don't know if we're a little like unfortunately our injuries like we're, we're fortunate our injuries happen when they happen and not like in fall camp but it been nice to know maybe like in January when a lot of those names were hitting the transfer portal at first and uh, so maybe we could have landed some of those guys but right now like uh, the pickings are slim I don't know how many high level guys you're gonna be getting at this point but if a name pops up I think it's certainly worth exploring well and of course if those names do pop up we'll be covering that here on the Glory UJ podcast but all right guys that does it for us stay here on the Glory UJ podcast that wraps up week three of Georgia football spring practice and our first spring scrimmage. We'll have our second spring scrimmage this coming Saturday. We'll see what we can find out coming out of that over the weekend. And then G-Day, man, it's just around the corner. It's a couple weekends away. Very, very excited about that. Got my mobile tickets ready to go. So really excited to get back into Sanford Stadium, man. It's been too long. So we'll have you guys covered next week as well. And I just quickly want to put this out there before we get out of here today. I do know that there was some buzz around rising sophomore quarterback, I guess redshirt freshman quarterback, 
Carson Beck and how he was progressing, particularly when it comes to his performance during that first spring scrimmage. But I just haven't gotten much confirmation on that. I, I know there's some buzz out there. I don't want it to seem like we're just completely glossing over that and just ignoring that. I've got some feelers out to a couple people that I trust. And uh, we're actually recording this on Tuesday night. So I'm just waiting to hear back from them. Hopefully we'll get back get something back from them later on this week. So we will definitely be talking about the quarterbacks next week. We know that, you know, Right now, JT Daniels is the guy. We know that. But I don't want it to seem like we're ignoring who's behind it. Because, look, what happens with the quarterback battle this season, the backup quarterback battle, that can certainly have some implications as to who the starting quarterback is going to be in the 2022 season. So I'm just trying to wait and hear back from a few people. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about that next week and have that covered for you guys in our week four recap episode. So just want to put that out there. Didn't want anyone to think we were just ignoring Carson Beck and what's shaping up as the backup quarterback battle. But thanks for listening, guys. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.